Everybody and welcome back to the 16th episode of One for One. I'm your host, Norman Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, how are you doing today now that you've given me a new name? Well, first and foremost, Norman, I didn't give you any nickname, uh, auto-corrected. So I would like to thank everybody at Apple headquarters for uh giving my fat thumbs uh, and the rest of our viewers a gift uh, and and you a new name. So thank you very much, Norman, for being a good sport about that one and not jumping down my throat when I threw that up uh, without consultation on the podcast poll, on the on the Instagram poll. That was dope. That was nice. I think that's it, really funny. I think you're a Norman. Is this my – well, it's actually funny because I always get my name mixed up from, like, all the time because people cannot for some reason comprehend that, that somebody has the first name Nolan. So like when I worked at, like when I worked in car dealerships and I would like answer the phone um, and they'd be, and I'd say Nolan speaking so clearly Nolan speaking. And they'd immediately say, Hey Norm, how's, uh, how's it going today? And I'm like, fucking Norman. Dude, Anyways. People, people are stunned. I've got a good one for, for you too. So with what I do in, in agriculture, uh, I'll answer the phone. I'll say like, good afternoon, Miles speaking. Clear as fucking day, and I'll get hit with. I get hit probably twice a day. Hey, Lyle, how's it going? <laughs> so, uh, the big joke at work is that I'm Lyle. Um, but the best one, the all-time best one. This this guy calls in and he's like, "Hey, I need to speak to, I need to speak to that young guy. What what's his name? That young guy. That young guy." And and the guy who answers the phone goes like, "Oh, you t- talking about Miles?" And then he goes, "No, no, that's not it. Uh, was it Mike?" And he's like. No, it, it's it's definitely Miles that you're talking about. No, no, no. I think it was Chris. Put Chris on. And I'm like, what? Like, how do you get Chris from Miles? That's not even close. Like, Lyle, I can get. Norman, I can get. Chris, but, Kyle. I mean, that, that makes sense. Well, that's just like, come on. Come on. Come on. Okay. I For the second week in a row, I think, I have now made a Chris Kyle reference. So, um, yeah. Just so everybody's uh, all on the same page as me. Uh the unofficial yeah. logo of the show is now the Punisher logo. <laughs> unofficial, uh, official. Um, yeah, Miles, can I can I uh, can I go down a dark road for one minute? Uh, well, last week you talked about I, uh, recreational drug use, so I don't know how much more dark you can get. But go ahead, dude. You know what I really hate, like a lot, and I don't know why I hate it so much. Who? Because it was Who's? playing on CTV today. Oh god! I hate corner gas so much. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason you why think I hate there's not a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I hate it so much is because, like, a it is exactly like the stereotype that Americans have for Canadians when they think about like Canadians and like Canadian humor and stuff like that. It's just, it's not funny. It's not funny whatsoever. It's just a bunch of like, oh, we go down to the corner gas store and uh, funny stuff happened. Oh, yeah, Floyd stepped on my garden today. And it's like, that's not, that's just not funny. Like, sorry. And the other reason why I don't like corner gas so much is, I believe I've mentioned this on the show before, but uh, I've, 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 I used to work at HMV back when HMV was really big. And there were three things 
three things that sold really well and sold out quick at HMV. Adele's 21, that's the album with Rolling in the Deep and Someone Like You, monster success. Frozen, when it came out on DVD and Blu-ray, monster hit. And the Corner Gas movie, which when we get like a big release coming in, on DVD you'd get like up, you know, anywhere from like 100 to 150 copies or something like that. But because Corner Gas was mainly watched by old people, we got like 250 to 300 copies of Corner Gas first day. And then we got, I think, 150 or 200 of the Blu-ray. We sold out of the entire DVD run in no less than 48 hours. Well, and not, to, not to mention you're in, in Saskatchewan where you're going to sell a thousand. Regina. Regina, Regina. Saskatchewan. And... And the amount of verbal, uh, like the v- amount of verbal assault I took on from people over the phone because we did not have copies of the Corner Gas film, and uh, yeah, that's that's why that's why I despise Corner Gas. Um, my my, big- and, and, and I'm sorry to all the listeners in Saskatchewan right now. My biggest gripe with Corner Gas is there is no fucking way. Brett Butt's goofy ass ends up with that hot chick that owns a diner. No way. Oh yeah, There's yeah. No I, way. I remember. Yeah, I remember seeing that today, and I was like, "That's it, it, no, like that. That's just not the case." Talking about but, uh, talking about playing out of your league, hey? Eh? Yeah, exactly. In which uh, the Oilers uh, didn't play out of their league. Oh, that's a segue. Yeah, bye. Let's go. <laughs> we love a good segue here. Anyways. Let's get to it, shall we? Miles, you want to read off what the heck we're doing today? I would love to, Nolan. So other than slandering Corner Gas and losing half of our listener base from Saskatchewan, we are going to be talking about the last two games that the Oilers played last week against the Montreal Canadiens. Finally, got to play a couple games against them. One good, one not so good. We're going to talk about some other Oilers stuff, specifically the hot, naughty Nordic boy himself, Oscar Kleffbaum, coming back, talking to the media I'm going to have some thoughts on what he said during his interview there. And then to close things out on the show, uh, in honor of tonight's Oscar Academy Awards, Nolan and I are going to be looking at the best picture, best screenplay, best director, best actor, best supporting actor, best music, best foreign film, best costume design, best makeup and hair, and the Humanitarian Legacy Award. Uh, But not for movies. We've applied it to hockey players and hockey teams. So... We're gonna do a little bit of a little bit of a, a hockey debate and go from our four nominees and decide upon one winner. It's a real it's a real who's who of a category, if you will. Yes, yes. Um, I'm most I'm most looking forward to best uh, best hair and makeup. I think we've got some real some real threats in that nomination category. You're absolutely right. Anyways, let's get to the docket, shall we? The Oilers open up the week on a on a high note, and uh, let's uh, let's get to that. And what I call that's hockey, baby. Uh, a four one win over the Montreal Canadiens, uh, which I'm so happy to see that uh, that they, they, like this might have been the most entertaining game of the season, and it's coming off of the back half of what was probably their best game of the season. The Oilers initially, th- like, initially thought they went up one nothing, uh, but it got cold. It got called back on a goaltender interference. Um, the f- the funny note that I actually wrote down is when the goal was first announced, 
Louis watched the replay and was like, there's absolutely no goaltender interference on that one. And then they did the first replay. He's like, yeah, yeah, there was a little bit of a graze there. And then immediately right after they watched it again, and it was, there's no chance they're going to let this stand. <laughs> so it's like, fucking pick what you want to do, Louis. Well, hey, and, Louis's a human. He's allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to see something in real time and be like, yeah, that, no, you know, and then see it a couple more times, slow down, and then, you know, the rose-colored glasses come off, the co- <laughs> copper and blue-colored glasses come off, and Louis DeBrus is like, mm, I don't know about that one. <laughs> uh, that one. And then that was... Dude, I, I don't know. Carey Price got hurt from that. He left the game after that. I didn't think Chason what? bumped him that hard. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I mean, Chason's ass must be made out of granite or something like that. <laughs> like, if he's fucking coming by and he, like, smokes him to give him a conky. Like, I don't know. Chason's uh, looking for an ad... Or, uh, to be Mack Truck-sponsored player of the season. He just built, like, dude, a fucking... Like a workhorse, like a six hundred power locomotive, dude. How much do you think he deadlifts? Because he's, because I mean, if he's like he's he's got to be putting up like a clean like like four fifty or something. Oh, for rap. Because if if he if he's going if he's going by and smoking carry price with that much velocity, I mean, there's there's got to be there's got to be some juice in there. Uh, <laughs> some juice. <laughs> <laughs> not not only do we accuse players of cheating on their girlfriends, but we also accuse them of taking steroids. That is one for one, baby. <laughs> hey, what are, what are you going to use your Serb for? Smash cuts to just buying as much D-ball and trend as you can. And it's Alex Chase on. <laughs> and then that was followed up by, unfortunately... Jujar Kara getting concussed after a collision with Alex Romanov. By the way, I really like Alex Romanov. I don't, I don't know how you feel about him, but I think he's going to be a nasty player once he kind of like gets into his own. Uh, really scary play, though. Uh, the collision happened. It wasn't a dirty hit by any means. It was just a solid. It was just a solid hit. I remember uh, um, on the broadcast, Louis Louis had made a comparison to like a Nicholas Cromwell type hit, and that's exactly what it kind of reminded me of. Well, it didn't, and it, didn't it look was like just, Jujar was really expecting it either, right? They just kind of two no, two big guys yeah. going fast that skated into each other, and he definitely got the worst of it. Yeah, exactly. And so, anyway, so he got smoked by the hit, and then he was wobbling on the ice afterwards. He it, it was a it was a pretty scary sight. So, um, any from any all... time you see, sorry, I know you're trying to wish him well. Oh but no, go on. Anytime, go on. anytime you see a guy, you know, not know where they are, you're like, oh, that's no good. Doesn't matter who it is. And Jujar's had a couple this year where he's definitely looked like uh, he's seeing Tweety Bird above his head, right, moving around in a circle. So. Is just yeah, it's scary. Anytime a guy can't find their feet and they've got to be supported off the ice, it doesn't, doesn't make you feel very good. Doesn't matter if it's your guy or somebody else. It's just not not what you want to see. No, it's not. And then this was followed up by Eric Stahl scoring um, on a pretty lucky goal. Yeah, it, oh, it's, no! it's 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 oh no, I'm ruined. Um, and then. In addition to that, I wanted to mention Arturi Lekkonen seems to love playing the Oilers. Apparently, I think I think they said this on the broadcast, but he has like I think he has like five goals in the season, and he has like four out of those five goals on the Oilers, which is nuts. And he was an eighty-five percent expected goals in this game, and then the following game he was eighty-four percent. So the, the guy is just a freak playing against the Oilers. He's an absolute, I don't know what it is. Absolute assassin against the Oilers. But, 
the Oilers should just have to trade for him, and then that way, that way they just add him to the lineup, and then they don't have to worry about him playing well against them. So yeah, that's what you do. You just trade for everybody that plays really well against you, and then hopefully yeah. they can score a few goals together, and then you win every game, right? That's how. Yeah. That's how you go eighty-two and all. Well, you know the song "Know Your Enemy" by uh, Green Day. <laughs> do you know your enemy? I think anyone alive knows that song under the anyone age of who's 66. played NHL. T- uh, anyone who's played NHL ten knows that song. Sick game. Sick game. <laughs> but we all know what we want to talk about with this game, the third period. This third period could have had a 30 for 30 documentary made on it. It was <laughs> incredible. It was a freaking film. I don't know what happened, but at about 10-ish minutes in the game, the Oilers decided that they were just going to turn on the afterburners and put everything they had towards Jake Allen. At 10.49 in the third Connor McDavid comes around, coming out of Gretzky's office, and sends a beautiful pass to Ethan Bear, who lines up for the one-timer and scores on it. Um, Deselli, man. Deselli. Deselli is so good. Ethan Bear was so jacked up. So jacked up. You love to see it. McDavid, too. Like, McDavid had his fucking arms open. He's like, yeah, let's go. And... Who can who cannot forget our 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 sweet boy, our sweet prince? He's six four, maybe even six five, tongue out like Jordan. Just comes <laughs> over and he, and he he just wants to celebrate with the boys. Um, and then right after that, uh, Nurse uh, almost scored like literally a minute later. So at, at this point, it was it was pretty clear that the Oilers were 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 playing with gas at this point and. Uh, and uh, the Habs were running on empty now. Um, you said you said you weren't sure what they did to come out with the third the third period like that. What what flip was or what switch was flipped in the dressing room? Maybe they had some a chase on special stuff. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe, it, it was straight up like Space Jam. They they probably all took the bottle and took a swig out of it. Yeah, right on, Alex. Getting the whole team drug tested. Speaking of which, Space Jam's kind of a problematic film if that's the case. Like like MJ secret stuff and they're all just like fucking putting it back and then and then MJ has like the ha, has has the gall to say it was just water it's like uh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> bugs bunny's arms literally turned into the size of tanks so i i don't <laughs> i don't know if that was just water michael um <laughs> michael <laughs> but i i just i just wrote as the point here the the McDavid goal um Taylor, I, I think Taylor may have thought I overreacted at the point, but I personally think, I think, to be completely honest, I think that is Connor McDavid's greatest goal he's ever scored because of not only how he did it, in which he basically did the, he basically had the Columbus goal again, where he worked through two defenders, and these defenders weren't uh, like the like the bad Justin Falk and like Scott Harrington or, or whoever was on the team at the time. It was like freaking Jeff Petrie and Joel Edmondson, like a couple of really good defensemen. And it was the, it was the two, one goal. It was the, it was the game winner and it was just everything about it. And then following up who comes over, Jesse Pulley, Yes, Pulley, And I swear to God, his mouth was as wide as the ring light that's in front of my face right now. Who's it the, was so who, he was so happy. Who's the uh, character 
on like Super Smash Brothers that like it's a little pink ball and it opens its mouth oh, and it sucks. Uh, in... uh, Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, Jesse. Yeah, Sapote yeah, Arby opened his mouth as wide as Kirby and just about sucked the entire team Sally into his mouth. That's how jacked up he was. I was losing it. So excited. Um, not as excited as, as Yes Pole Arby. Yes Pole Arby was a lot more excited than I was, and for good reason. Um, closed it off with one of his own. Nice little empty netter from Devin Shore. Boys love to see that. But to I, I don't think you, you texted me right away that that was, in your opinion, the nicest McDavid goal he scored. I don't know if that's my favorite, but one of the things. A, the defensemen that he went through are, are very skilled. That's huge. But two, towards the end of the goal and how close he was to the net and the way that he was able to elevate it over top of the blocker of Jake Allen and as he was like low-key falling, losing his balance is nothing short of having its own exhibit in the Smithsonian. Absolutely, so incredible. Absolutely incredible that he was able to get the puck up while his body was falling and that insane of a trajectory. So yeah, crazy goal. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely a top three instantly. And uh, I could sit and watch it all day. I do probably watch it about three, four times a day whenever I'm sad, <laughs> just to just to bring a little joy back to your life. <laughs> just to make just to make things a little bit better. Um, yeah, man, uh, this was a this was an unbelievable game. Um, physical playoff style game. This was like as a Connor McDavid performance this is one of the best we I think we've ever seen four hits like he was uh, he was straight up was playing like a power forward and they outshot the Habs 36 to 23 out hit them it was the best game from Zach Cassian who had six hits like this was a complete win and I know that you and I disagreed about this and then we kind of are and then we argued about it for like I don't know a good 5 minutes or so about like cuz I I I said personally like that that kind that that type of game gives me a lot of hope because that's the kind of that's the kind of game that like contenders have to overcome. I'm not saying the Oilers are going to win the cup, but I'm saying that's the type of win that I've been waiting to see out of this team where they overcome a team that they cannot they cannot figure out. And yeah, the Oilers did also beat them 3 nothing earlier in the season, but it wasn't this game. It wasn't the game where in the third period when it mattered most, the team was able to get the engine going and they were able to get across the finish line and they were able to actually dominate. Like they they, they didn't just beat Montreal, they kicked the shit out of them in the third. And that is the type of game where I'm like, when it comes to a team that could maybe go on a bit of a run here, those are the type of games you want to see. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you, Nolan. I don't think that was what I was saying necessarily. But my whole issue with you—you you were so jacked up about it, talking about how sick they are and contender, contender, contender. And my point to it, and for anyone that's listening that may agree or want to know what I'm thinking on it, is that yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, they didn't pull, uh, roll over and die in a physical game against a team that plays hard and fast and is good. Montreal is good, but like if the Oilers are a contender quote-unquote, or a team that we think is going to challenge for, you know, one of the spots in the Final Four, uh, it shouldn't even get to a point like that against a team like Montreal. They should bury Montreal. So that's more what I that's more what I was getting at, is that it was too close for two periods, um, and then it finally broke open. But, like, what's their season series against Montreal? I think we've won three, and they've won four. Something yeah, like some, that. It's something like that, yeah. It shouldn't be that close against Montreal. I do not but know why they have Montreal's the Oilers. Montreal's really now. fucking good, though, man. Like, Montreal is, is a, I think they're better than what you're giving them credit for. But they're still a 
fourth, fifth place team in the division. I, I, I to be a, honest, you, I don't think they're better than Winnipeg. Statistically, think, statistically, like for comparison's sake, that's like the Panth- that's like the Panthers having close games with the Stars and Blackhawks. Like it just shouldn't be that way. You should be cleaning them up. You should but, be winning those I'm, games. But like, if but all you have to do is like look at like okay, the reason why the Jets are in the situation that they are is because they have easily the best goaltender in the division. Like their decor is dreadful. Like when when Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey are your top two defensemen, you have a bit of an issue on your hands. That that's the only place where I'm coming from. And like, yeah, they're for like they're, like their forward core is pretty good. But I'm just saying as an overall team, like Montreal's really deep and they're like really good and they play a playoff style hockey. That's the only for place sure. where I'm coming from. Like no, I just think that for sure. I just think that they're a lot better team than maybe they're getting credit for. Yeah, they're a good team, but like. The wild should the wild splash the coyote. Like if you're comparing this against other divisions for same kind of statistical place or placing in the division, the wild are kicking the shit out of the blues and the and the coyotes. So the Oilers, if they're gonna be a, a top dog, if they're gonna skate with the Jets and then eventually beat the Leafs, they've got to clean up against the Flames and the and the Canadians. Yeah. They just yeah, they gotta no. do it, right? So yeah. that that's it was a good win, it was a solid win, it was a hard win, but it's one that they should have. And I just wasn't ready to give them props. Uh, yeah, that, well, that and and, and, and all and all that excitement goes out the window uh, for the next uh, two game. nights later. Anyway, why did you call, why did you title this game the way that you did? The four three loss to Montreal. You called Star, it stars versus stripes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, I wanted to do a play on <laughs> stars and stripes, but it's stars uh, versus stripes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, we okay, I, I we're probably going to get into a debate over this. I'm going to preface this by saying the Oilers were not great. The Oilers were not good. The Oilers may not. The Oilers probably were not, but were not the better team. But this game was a fucking disaster of officiating. An absolute tire fire clusterfuck. Absolute embarrassment to the league when it comes to officiating, because. I, I I wrote I wrote down some notes in my phone, and this was just in the third period, because the Oilers were losing, and like I said, the Oilers were not great. But the fact of the matter is, is that this game could have had a much different outcome if Montreal was not playing dirty hockey, and that's just the fact. So I wrote in here, um, yeah, just and this is just this is just some of the non calls, um. The amount of times McDavid got tripped, no call. Um, the cross checks, wow. I mean, I know cross checks are a part of hockey, but um, the cross checks that were being laid out in this one by Montreal were ridiculous. Like, it, I, 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 for some reason, I, I saw like this gif of uh, of uh, Weber uh, Weber cross checking Drysital in the back, and people were like, "Oh, that's a that's a good." That's a good play from a from a good strong veteran, and the guy is like straight up putting a piece of fucking two by four into Leon Drysaddle's spine. Like, there's a difference between playing heavy hockey and being a being a team that throws your body around, and just a team that's just playing by prison rules and the rules don't apply to them. And that's exactly what was happening in this game. Um. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the McDavid, the McDavid elbow, which people were getting on Connor McDavid for, which dirty player. 
yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the fucking uh, uh, Perry's stick is right up in Connor McDavid's torso. McDavid basically turns around, and says, "Get off me!" Delivers a little bit of an elbow to him, and he ends up getting called after Corey Perry falls in freaking bloody murder. Like, I'm sorry. If you're gonna talk about if you're gonna talk about calling the game properly, then why isn't Corey Perry get, getting an embellishment call on that? Like, get the fuck out of here with that. And then, in addition to that, you get the um, the the Oilers finally got a call after Connor McDavid drives to the net um, with fourteen fifteen on the clock, and once again cross checks on the. Uh, um, uh, uh, cross checks on the power play, and then the best thing happens. Leon Draisaitl gets an interference call on Joel Edmondson. He just comes around and finishes a check, and this is while the Oilers are on the power play. And for some reason, Leon Draisaitl gets called for interference. Like Edmondson had the puck, and Draisaitl just delivers a hit to him, a standard hit, and yet this is interference. Like. If if the NHL is going to really explore the um, uh, the concept uh, or partnership of gambling and wanting to be one of those like be one of those uh, you know big leagues that has a that that has a very strong uh, I don't know what term I'm looking for like relationship or or, or they want to be really involved with it. They have to get this shit together. They have to figure out what kind of game they're calling because this isn't just like this is this isn't the same as a LeBron drives to the hoop and he just got uh, you know and he just got hacked on a, like on his way to the hoop. This is straight up like player like star players are being tripped, star players are being interfered with. And I said this earlier: if you cannot, if 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 you, if like sorry, but if you have to. If you have to make stick infractions or you have to play the game the improper way in order to stop Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, sorry, get better. Get better. Like, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of this fucking putting the whistles away and this is how it's going to be. Like I said, I know the Oilers weren't great and I will admit to that. But the fact of the matter is, is that this shit is ridiculous. And it's been happening all year where McDavid's been getting, like, every, after every game, after every Oilers game this season, you can go on Twitter and search Connor McDavid, and if you scroll for about five minutes, you'll see probably two to three still images of him being, like, blatantly interfered with, blatantly tripped, hooked, slashed, pushed around, whatever, that 90% of other players in the league would get a call for that he doesn't. We've said it before on other shows that McDavid is like the most interfered with player without having penalty. He should be leading the league and drawn penalties tenfold. And the fact and by that by a lot. Yeah, like, exactly. By a lot. And the fact that he isn't goes to show just how lackluster the refing is for star players and for players in general. Like that was like you're saying um, schoolyard bullshit that the Canadians were getting away with. But going back to what we were saying before about contending teams and good teams, top teams find a way to win. Regardless of the situation in the game, regardless of how upset you are, regardless of how interfered with or pissed off or what have you, things happen in a physical game like hockey, but the good teams find a way to win and find a way to do it. Um, I'm not saying that that's what should have happened tonight. You know what I mean? Like, shit happens, they're going to lose a game. The fact that they brought it back to 4-3 is the most frustrating part because it seems like they found uh, a way to come combat that adversity, but it was too little too late. Um, so... The refs obviously aren't going to do you any favors, but when it's a game like that, 
what do you do if that's the playoffs in the game? The game's probably not going to be called that way if it's a playoff game. But, like, at the end of the day, they lost. And you just need to find, I, a, way, I, you need I, to find I, a way to overcome it and put the fucking puck in the net. I understand that. But, like, we can't... Like, it's... it's I'm not one to typically complain about refs. I'm really not because I can understand like I can understand that ideology any time of the day. If this but what I'm talking about is this isn't just like you know they missed a call here, they missed a call there. It's straight up like like I I was personally watching this game and I'm thinking to myself, is there a fucking like investigation that's going to happen off of this? Because even Dave Tippett, who is not one to call out refs, was like, oh, well, you know, we're, uh, there were some calls that were there that, um, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to get into it because he just doesn't want to get fined. And I can, I can assume that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel were probably feeling the exact same way. Um, needless to say, I don't want to talk about this game anymore because it just I was so fucking mad that night um, because I just... I just uh, I just personally think that the refs handed that one to Montreal, and I, I, we, we can we can agree to disagree on that one. Uh, like games, I said, I'm games not, like that are going to happen, right? No, I, I know, I know, and that's, and it, it's probably going to make the team stronger in the long run. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm just really annoyed with that. But anyways, also Zach Cassian, uh, out week to week, uh, the first game after his best game of the season, uh, he's now out week to week with a lower body injury after the, after his collision with Shea Weber. So. Um, please get better, Zach, and uh, hopefully when you come back, you come back as the player that you were in the previous Montreal game. So, Yeah, man, like you said, in the in the previous game that we were talking about, the first game, the one that the Oilers won against the Canadians, Zach Cassian finally looked like he was finding his role on the team. Um, and there was one play, a couple plays in particular, but the one that really stood out to me, he was coming down the wing. Um, he didn't try anything fancy. He got a shot off low blocker that created a rebound and created a half decent scoring chance off of it. And I love when role players, I'm going to call Zach Kasten a role player. Um, yes, he is. He is. Yeah. yeah. But I love when role players shoot the puck for rebounds simply because like Jake Allen's playing hot. Jake Allen's playing good. Carey Price is a good goalie. Lots of good goalies in the North. There are probably mm, between four, Eight and five guys in the North Division that can come down a wing and absolutely pop one over a goalie's shoulder, shoulder like fairly easily. Zach Cassian is not one of those eight players. So <laughs> I like when guys, role players, keep it simple, put the puck I on that. I love how you teed this up all to, all to just fucking wreck Zach Cassian at the very well, end. No, of but, but that's I'm what he's got to do. Yeah. That's what he's got to do. Yeah. If the Oilers are going to be successful by getting depth scoring, you've got to create high high scoring chance opportunities. And part of that is coming down the wing, putting a shot on net, instead of just skating it into the, into the corner, getting, getting the puck turned over and then having it go the other way. Put the puck on net so that the guy from the other side can drive in and try and put it back on net. And Zach Cassian was finally doing that. Uh, and then he gets hurt. So, like you said, hopefully he can come back and uh, come back into the roster or else it creates an opportunity for one of the guys on the taxi squad to capitalize on that and fill in the roster in their own way and round out that bottom six. Oh, there is some exciting stuff happening on that taxi squad now. Um, Are we done with the Montreal games? I've been done with the Montreal games for roughly a week. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm well, over I, it. I, I would assume the Oilers are too, because uh, they've uh, they for some reason didn't get a hockey night in Canada game, which is uh, just great. That's that's awesome. Uh, you know, that's a 
after uh, more more time off. We love you that. We, you know what? We, I love, we no, love that on one for one. You know what I love, Nolan? I love that you're not bitter about it. Anyways, <laughs> um, so before I want to mention, before the Zach Cassian thing, uh, we there were some tweets out on Twitter today, Twitter, twitter.com, uh, that Ryan McLeod has completed his quarantine and he got to practice with the team today. And it looks like they are planning on playing him at center, which is lovely to hear. I'm hoping it's on the third line rather than the fourth line. Uh, but... Um, it's looking like it's a possibility Ryan McLeod could be playing as early as tomorrow. And from all accounts, uh, and by all accounts, I mean Dave Tippett and Connor McDavid, he's been a breath of fresh air, uh, just been a really positive guy. Um, McDavid made a, uh, made a reference to his uh, missing jibs uh, in, his, in, his, in, his, in his smile, which is, is gr- great, great to see. We, we love that. And I said the... I said this to Miles earlier today. I was like, you realize that if he's like sick when he comes in the NHL, he's straight up going to be like spit and chicklets, like favorite player. Like he's going to be everywhere because it's going to be like hockey guy, hockey guy right there. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what Ryan McLeod is going to be. And we, and we hope, we hope only the best for Ryan McLeod. Anyways. I oh, I hope. So. And also Dmitry Kulikov playing tomorrow as well. Yeah. Which is Kulikov's going to draw in. Great McLeod's to see. going to draw in. They're going to look like a new team. I'm telling Dog, you. Dog, they're playing Cahoon on the first line, which is something that everybody's been wanting for a while. I'm kind of excited for that. I want to see McDavid and Cahoon and see uh, if there's any magic there. Um, I, I still am not crazy about the D pairings because they reunited Nurse and Barry and then Jones and Baird to get. And then for some reason, they have Kulikov and Larson, which could be interesting because it could be this like, we're going to throw these guys out here and shut down the other team's top top line, which would be. Really cool to see if that's that's a little possibility waiting to happen. But if they can be man, if they can be a perennial shutdown second pairing, that would be like unreal, absolutely large going forward. Hefty, hefty pairing. Very, very large. Speaking of large, a player that has a large impact on this team, Oscar Clefbaum. God, (laughs) that was bad. But whatever. Uh, Oscar Kleffbaum gave his first uh, his first interview post surgery uh, on Friday. Uh, Kleffbaum, I'll basically summarize it. Uh, Kleffbaum said he's just he's back in Edmonton. He said that he's feeling good. He's happy to be with his teammates. Um, it's been only four weeks since the surgery, uh, but he does plan on returning to Sweden in order to continue his rehab and development. Um, which he planned to take it slowly, so he didn't give any time frame on when he wants to come back. For, for me, like listening to the interview and uh, or like the the uh, press conference, it, it I would suspect that he probably wants to be ready by training camp, uh, and it seems like it most likely a realistic possibility. I I think there's a lot of smoke screens being thrown around with with this with this press conference and just with Kleppbaum in general. Um, because he mentioned he's not giving up on hockey. He's, he's like planning on going forward with everything and, and he, he plans to be playing in the NHL next year, but that his shoulder surgeon, who is apparently like the best, like the best shoulder surgeon in North America. Um, he did not guarantee. Yes. Isn't it kind of fucking insane that the best shoulder surgeon in North America is in Cleveland, Ohio. 
Does that it not, is a, does that not it kind is, of like match your brain up a little bit? It is it is a little funny. It's like, it's like dog, talking, why would you choose? Why would you be like, I, you know, I, I can live anywhere. I, you know, I'm I'm one of the top I'm one of the top surgeons. I could live in California. I could live in New York City. Now I'm gonna go live in fucking Cleveland, yeah. Rock and Roll Hall oh. of Fame, baby. I want my uh, I want my summer home to be next to a rubber factory in Akron. <laughs> Let my kids swim in that quarry. Go somewhere where there's a flat tax, dude. Live in New Hampshire. I don't know. Why fucking Ohio? Dude, how many Baker Mayfield jerseys do you think he owns? One of every set and two of the brown alternates. Oh, that's sick. I love that. And they're all that's made specially so that, so that his guys can have a sling, too. All his patients. <laughs> you get one You get one, you get one free Mayfield jersey one... with every surgery. <laughs> and then when Odell comes out with a new number, he's going to have that one, too. Oh, don't don't remind me of the of the NFL jersey numbers. I'm actually I'm I'm literally I'm on Tom Brady's side. I'm old man screaming at cloud. I I hate I hate the idea of NFL players like changing their I like the the thought the the thought of Patrick Peterson playing in number seven just messes with my brain so much. I can't I can't I can't deal with skill position players in single digits. You are probably the most like emphatically passionate person about numbers that i've ever met in my life it's a fucking I, i'm number. so glad i'm so glad to hear that thank you <laughs> i i i'm sorry i just i can't i can't deal with it anyways um but yeah i like i said i do think that this is i think that the think that the clep bomb stuff is all part of a pretty elaborate like smoke screen i think <laughs> it's a ruse I think the, <laughs> it's a ruse <laughs> it's like it's like when like fucking Batman throws down those like those smoke things. He goes Poof, and he can just disappear. <laughs> yeah, but Seattle uh, won't be able to see me in the expansion draft if my shoulders fucked. <laughs> they just they just get Jesse Eisenberg from fucking now you see me and he's like, all right, so you see Clef Bomb here. Now you don't. And he's fucking gone. <laughs> but um, I do think uh, I I, th- I think that there is a plan to keep Clef Bomb. Um, maybe let Jones go. It depends on what's going to happen. Like, if they're going to protect, if they're going to protect Jones, then there's probably something involved where Clefbaum's kind of being like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play Seattle. Like, I fucking my shoulder might be too, uh, my shoulder might be too bunged up. So, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. But this has been an issue since Clefbaum was drafted. He did mention that during his presser. Uh, so this. Very well, if he does recover and he pulls it off, this could very well be the best Oscar Clef bomb we have ever seen. And that makes me really excited because if you add a 16-17 form Oscar Clef bomb on this team, I mean, hot, you've hot, got a hot. fucking powerhouse next year. Hot, hot, hot. I agree with you, man. I, ho- I hope he's okay. I hope he returns to form. Um, I like your conspiracy theory about the smoke smoke and mirrors that the oilers are playing with his shoulder i hope that's the case i hope he can play it's scary so scared so we'll see we'll see how it goes we'll see how how the chips fall on a side note i do think it's bullshit that the oilers have to protect him like i i honestly think that if a player has sat out an entire season i don't think they should have to protect a player like i i think that that goes for that goes for every team all involved like the Blackhawks shouldn't have to protect Jonathan Taves. They should just be like, he's ours. Like, you know. So, 
I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but like I, I just I, I'm just not a fan of that. I just think that like like in that situation, especially where a player has been out and it's like all they want to do is get back to their team. Well, why are you taking away that ability from them? But nonetheless, uh did you have any other notes or things you wanted to touch on NHL related? It was pretty quiet NHL week to be completely honest. It was a quiet NHL week. Some good games, some upset games, um playoff pictures finally starting to take point or take can't, I don't know, it's starting to fill out a little bit. Some teams are starting to get X's by their names. Um, that's cool. That's interesting. I think yeah, we'll mini, a little bit of a... Mini, mini clinch, yeah. which, is cr- yeah. which is nuts. Wow. God, they're good. You have an 85-year-old phenom playing for you, so there was a There was a tweet that somebody had, um, and they were like, like, they're like, uh, Kaprizov is literally older than Austin Matthews. <laughs> Dude, he got drafted in 2015. I know. That's like insane. He played six professional years of hockey in the KHL. How is he? He's an RFA this year, hey? Is he? Oh, yeah. He's an he, RFA this he, year. He played, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I think, I think he, yeah, because I think he was on the taxi squad last year and they were able to pay him or something like that. So, yeah, he is going to be an RFA this year. He is going to make... So much money! Oh my goodness gracious! Wouldn't um, that be? Wouldn't that be the greatest hoodwink, bamboozle, and tomfoolery you've ever seen? Kaprizov plays one year for the for the Wild, gets an offer sheet from somebody this season, and is like, "Thanks a lot, just, thanks a lot, Minnesota. I'm gonna go live in Cleveland. See you later." <laughs> I want my Baker Mayfield jersey. <laughs> no, he just goes to Washington. They're just like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna." Pay the sun and the moon. Here you go. Um, but anyways, Miles, shall we get to our... Oh, I feel like we should have a name for this, but I don't know what kind of name to give it. Because we're going to do our own... We're going to do our own Academy Awards. Uh, the Academy Awards about 48 minutes in. Um, as far as I know, a um, couple couple screenplay awards so far. I if, Shrek does, if Shrek doesn't win, I'm going to be pissed. What about Forrest Gump? Oh, Forrest Gump's a great film. Excellent film. Um, but we're not talking about films, Nolan. We're talking about hockey awards. So Hockey ho- teams, hockey and, teams and players and everything all involved. And so, hockey, everything... so hockey awards was wrong. I, I was wrong in saying hockey awards, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Buddy, I'm trying my best, and I'm out here getting corrected by I'm just Norman. Trying, I'm just trying to be wordy, okay? These are the, so welcome to the first annual one-for-one one wordy awards that aren't about hockey but are about <laughs> hockey. Um, so what So what we've done here, uh, most of the time the Academy has four nominees. Nolan and I have each nominated uh, two teams, persons, or players for each of the following awards. We will quickly debate them, debunk them, and come to Typically a, they nominate five, but it's okay. And we will come together <laughs> with one consensus winner. The first category is best picture, or in this case, best team. Honestly, actually, hold on. Should we actually do this in the in in the in the proper order, which is like because best picture is typically like the last one. I think the only people who are gonna give a shit for that are you and Kyle. So if the two of you, <laughs> the two of you can aren't gonna lose sleep over that, I think the rest of us normies will be fine. The rest of you Normans. Normans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. We'll start off with the Best Picture Award for Best Team in the NHL.
the nominees are the Florida Panthers, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Colorado Avalanche. I think this is pretty obvious. Yeah? Yeah. You want to do 3, 2, 1? Yeah. Okay. And the award, and, 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 oh, hold on. And the Oscar goes to brrr, the Colorado Avalanche. Lightning. Oh, dude, okay. it's the it's the Avs. How Come is on. it not the Lightning? How are the Lightning not the best team? Okay, we got into this discussion beforehand about like the the fucking historic numbers the Avs are putting up right now, man. They're like their decor. Like, like friggin' Sam Gerrard, uh, Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, Ryan Graves are all, like, two, th- at least two, three defensemen. And, like, three of them are, like, easily number one or number two defensemen in this league. Kucherov's like, going to be back in a month. And Tampa's going to be freak show good. Freak show good. Man, I don't know. I, I think if you're going into a seven-game series, I am more scared to play Tampa than I am to, to play the Avalanche. I disagree. Tampa's got the, I, Tampa's already got the ring, man. They got they got that veteran leadership. Exactly. They a, they're nasty. They got, I don't think they're. I it's it takes a fucking special team to go back to back, and I think Colorado is. I think they are so gung ho to win the cup that they are a freight train waiting to happen. I'm gonna like, use an, I'm gonna use an analogy here. You remember a couple seasons ago when I think it was the third cup that the Blackhawks won against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I think that Tampa is now Chicago, and the Avs are now Tampa, if that makes sense. Where the Avs kind of have to have their couple bumpy roads. What have they really done in the playoffs the past few seasons? Not this team roster makeup necessarily, but they've had good, strong roster makeups before, and they still got to have their big hiccup, their big coming-out party. That might be this season, but I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning are built really strong the whole way through the lineup. When we did our last State of the Tunian, um, we looked at how many points those guys have, and while they're not overwhelming numbers, everybody's chipping in. Elite goaltending, elite defenseman. Uh, Cooch is coming back, as I mentioned. I think they're just too damn strong. I think I think this is their. I think they're going to come back this year. Second second cup. Uh, I I don't think so. I I think it's going to be Colorado. They're just they're just I I think because like they they like that team last year was so injured, like, their their friggin' goaltending, like, they were playing Michael Hutchinson in the playoffs. And Michael Hutchinson is awful. Like, he is a, like, a, um, you, you remember how I made a reference to Danny the Equipment Manager? I would think I would rather have Danny the Equipment Manager than Michael Hutchinson. And Danny the Equipment Manager doesn't even exist. Well, maybe he does to somebody, Nolan. He's a person. <laughs> Anyways, go out. I don't go. think I don't uh, think the academy is going to have a, a decision on this. We might have to take this to an insta poll. Okay, we can. We can That's do fine. that. Okay. Let the just, supporters uh, of the ever, show. Just just so everybody knows, uh, yeah, sixty uh, percent expected goals um, as a team. That's uh, fucking stupid. Anyways, uh, shall we go to uh, best? We're, there would be typical original screenplay or adapted screenplay. We'll go with original screenplay. It'd be, it would only be adapted screenplay if these teams um, if these teams were all copying one other team, but they're not. They're all doing their own thing. So best original screenplay, which is the best general manager in the league. 
and the nominees are from the Colorado Avalanche, Joseph Sackick. From the Toronto Maple Leafs, Kyle Dubas. From the Florida Panthers, Bill Zito. And from the New York Islanders, Lou Lamorello. Nolan, I quite like this list, I will say. I like your, my picks were Sackick and Dubas, and Nolan picked Zito and Lou. Uh, I really like that Lou Lamorello pick. Although I don't think that that is who my Academy Award vote is going to go towards. I do really like that pick. I think he's done a really good job with that Islanders team. He always does a good job with pretty much any team he's on. He's a hell of a, he's a, hell of a builder. If he's not in the Hall of Fame yet already, he certainly will be. Yeah, he's a f- and he's also uh, a batshit insane. Yeah, he doesn't let guys have facial hair. Absolute yeah. coward. And he, and he also doesn't let players wear like numbers above like 50 or something like yeah. that. It's <laughs> very silly. And also gets my fucking jersey number brain on overdrive. Um, well, shall we uh, open up our cards? I think so. And the Oscar, so, okay, so, well, uh, we didn't do this as well last time, so I'll say the Oscar goes to, and we'll just, I'll, I'll make the, I'll make the, I'll make the motion, okay? Okay. Okay. And the, and the Oscar goes to Joe, Joe Sackick. Sackick. Oh, yay! yay! Done a great job with that Avalanche team. You said it in one of the previous shows, but like they are one of the best teams in the NHL, and they have probably the best prospect prospect pool as well. Like, fuck, he's doing a nasty job. Had a yeah. had a nasty wrist shot. Might be a better hockey mind. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, his uh, like the the fleet. The, actually, it's funny because we bring up uh, we bring up two of the nominees with this, but Joe Sakic and uh, Lou Lamorello. Uh, Joe Sackick made a hell of a deal um, going after Devon Taves from Lou Lamorello and stealing him for like a second round pick, which is just a, a monster move. Yeah, that team is so sick. Um, I going to have a hell of a time negotiating the Kale McCarr extension this summer, but that's and also Landeskog too. Yikes. But I mean,. There's not a lot of holes you can pick on that team, and they are a flipping wagon. Like Valerie Nichushkin as like your defensive freak on the wing, it's just it's so good. We we you'd love to see it. Yeah, we're definitely going to be in for a treat these playoffs. I think there's going to be some really really entertaining. Oh man, coming out I of it. if I need a I I don't know if we're going to get it, but like I need like a like a Vegas Colorado series so badly. Yeah, I think we'll get maybe we'll get it. I'd sure love to see it. They or have Vegas given us, Tampa, oh! or sorry, no, uh, Colorado Tampa. That's what I'm gonna say. Could, yeah. have, either, could have either one of those. You're getting me going. Either one of those, yeah. I'm fired up. So, um, should we move on to the next category? Let's do it. The next category is best director, best coach, and the nominees are from the Carolina Hurricanes, Rod Brindamore; from the Florida Panthers, Joel Quinville. From the Tampa Bay Lightning, John Cooper. And from the Colorado Avalanche, Jared Bednar. And the Oscar goes to... Joel Quenville. Joel Quenville. Yay! I was, I was Steve Hartman. Everyone. <laughs> actually, in reference to the Oscars, you were uh, the La La Land 
uh, to Moonlight. Do you remember that? No, I don't watch movies unless it's okay, Cars or but Shrek. This is, but this no, is I really sick, that. though. I, I do yeah, remember yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, They're yeah. like, oh, yeah, we didn't win, though. Ha, ha, ha. Like that's fucking nuts. We love we we love to see that. Anyways. I he, I hesitated because I part of me wanted to say Brenda Moore, but I think it has to be Joel Quinville, especially with uh, Aaron Eckblad's injury, losing one of your top defensemen, and the fact that they've been able to stay a fucking powerhouse. And fun fact: Spencer Knight, we talked about on previous shows, uh, the first goalie born in the 2000s to get an NHL win. If you didn't feel old before, you should now. So the Florida Panthers are looking hot, hot, hot. Could be a team that are going to be a thorn in the side of whoever comes out of that division. The Discover Central is going to be uh, pretty nasty. Carolina, Tampa, Florida, any one of those teams could be a force to play against. So a lot of good players, a lot of good options there. Miles, shall we shall we get to the shall we get to the next award? Yes, this next award is for the best actor or the player who is the best at selling calls. And <laughs> the nominees are from the Montreal Canadiens, Corey Perry; from the Colorado Avalanche, Nazem Kadri; from the Vancouver Canucks and Anaheim Ducks, the retired body of Ryan Kessler. <laughs> From the Boston Bruins, Brad Marchand. I don't think anybody's going to be wondering who this one goes to, but Nolan, pull the card. And the Oscar goes to... Corey Corey Perry. Perry. (laughs) What an absolute scumbag. fucking worm. What an absolute loser. I, I hate, hate Corey, Corey Perry. Perry so much. I hate oh Corey Perry. Oh my god. I I think everybody hates Corey Perry and anyone well one of your I think it was Nick, but some somebody texted Nolan and was like, I don't know why Miles hates Corey Perry so much. Um have you ever watched Corey Perry play a hockey game? Yeah, he's a scumbag. He's his absolute he's a, scumbag. A, yeah. And and, and like it's so funny because Corey Perry is like the kind of guy where where people will say, "Oh yeah, that's the that's the kind of player you need to have a guy that just guy that just goes and hits and gets in the dirty areas, scores goals, a real power forward, if you will." And it's like the guy, like the guy, will like dive and go cry to the refs right afterwards, and will get calls going his way. Like frig off, man! Like Corey Perry is the antithesis of what you should want in a hockey player. Corey Perry. Really wipe. good, though, he, by the way. I should mention Corey Perry's really good. But. Yeah, but he wipes back a front. Oh, t- absolutely. <laughs> he gets he gets, he gets gets poo-poo on his balls, for sure. 100%. Fuck Corey that Perry. That was really mean. Whatever. <laughs> Not mean. We hate Corey Perry. One, Corey Perry, come on the pod. Defend yourself. See what you want to do, bud. Next award, Nolan. Best Supporting Actor. Uh, this award will be going to the best teammate. And the nominees are... From the Washington Capitals, T.J. Oshie. From your Edmonton Oilers, he's a bully, Harvey. <laughs> From not even the New York Rangers farm team, Tony D'Angelo. From the couch in his living room, Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> And from the Carolina Hur- from the Carolina Hurricanes, Jordan Martinhook. Ah, Mr. Svechnikov! I know who I want to pick, 
But Nolan, let's open the let's open the discussion here. Who do you think the best teammate is? And the Oscar goes to TJ Oshie. Oh, nice! nice. I'm I love watching the NHL has done a really good job of um, like showcasing the weird pregame antics that the Capitals do. I think that they have like a really cohesive team, and those guys all really like each other. They all play really hard for each other. It's going to be really hard for TJ Oshie to go to Seattle next year, calling it. But. Uh, <laughs> I just love how happy he is around the boys, how much the boys love him, and yeah, warms my heart. Love to see it. Yeah, he's he seems to always be the first guy that's like that's cheering with his teammates after a big goal is scored. Like I, I just I, I love the guy. He's one he's just a solid he's just a solid top six player. That's the best way to describe him. He's just what you want in an ideal top six forward, he is exactly what you want. And also he's a good looking dude too. 100%. He's got a great story. Um, if, if anybody knows what goes on with him and him and his father, he's got an awesome story. He's overcome some adversity. Um, he's been an absolute staple in whatever team he's played for. Uh, he's done some big things on the Olympic stage. Hell of a teammate, hell of a guy. We really, really like Corey Perry. Uh, not like, oh we my not God. like Corey Perry. Not like Corey Perry. <laughs> we, uh, we really like TJ Oshie in, the, in this house. And... Should we shall we go to the shall we go to the next award? I would love to, Nolan. The award for best best music, best original score, or best original song, uh, which is goes to the best goal song in the NHL. The nominees are the Washington Capitals, because every player gets to pick their own song, and I think everyone should do that. The Florida Panthers with "Sweetness" by Jimmy Eat World. Shout out to NHL two thousand three. The GOAT, the all-timer, from the Chicago Blackhawks, Chelsea Dagger. Fucking nightmares. Shut it down. Uh, and unfortunately, from the Toronto Maple Leafs, you make my dreams come true. <laughs> Taylor's going to be happy I nominated that one. And the Academy Award goes to the Fuck Washington Fuck that, it's Cap- Hell Yeah by Refugee. Give me a yeah! Give me a yeah! yeah! Stand up right now! You're absolutely fooling yourself if you thought we were going to give that to anybody but the Oilers. If you follow our Twitter, follow our Twitter at one for one Every goal song... Every or every time there's a goal, Nolan tweets a picture of Rev Theory and draws on little hats when there's a hat trick. Hell yeah, by Rev Theory. Let's go! If that doesn't get your blood, go- if that doesn't get you absolutely fired up, check your pulse. That's all I have to say. Oh god, that's such a good goal song. Absolutely. Love it. Best, best. Anyways, uh, moving on to the <laughs> next award. This one. Best. Best foreign film, or sorry, as they've now as they as they've now said it, best international feature. This award will be presented to the best non-North American-born player, and the nominees are from the Minnesota Wild, Kaprizov; from the Colorado Avalanche, Grubauer; from the Edmonton Oilers, Yesipoliarvi; and from the Florida Panthers. Alex Barkov, or Sasha Barkov. 
And the Academy Award goes to Kirill Kaprizov. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's an argument for both of them to be made. Yeah, Barkov, Barkov's I honestly a freak. am debating changing my answer because I love Barkov so much. <laughs> he's a two-way freak. Um, yeah. Kap- yeah. Kap- Kaprizov's doing, like, very, very well. He's got 41 points. Um, Something like that. Yeah, I which, think the fact that he's made, like, the Minnesota Wild, like, unbelievable must-watch TV, I think is, like, enough of a reason that you should win this award. Oh, for sure. But Barkov... Any any player that is like outstanding defensively and very good offensively will never get the credit that they deserve. And Barkov's been having a sneaky good year. Um, Fuck it, goes to Barkov. Yeah, it goes to, it's Barkov. It's Barkov. <laughs> Thank you for coming around. <laughs> we don't need to argue much on that one. No. Um, the next award goes to best costume design, otherwise known as best unis in the NHL, buddy. <laughs> Let's fuck gold boys have dip skull. And the nominees are... And the nominees are... The New York Rangers Broadway Blue. The Colorado Avalanche Nordiques Reverse Retro. The Minnesota Wild Reverse Retro. And the Buffalo Sabres Home. I'm being serious. I'm not joking. They're really nice. And the Academy Award goes to... The Minnesota, Minnesota Wild, Wild reverse Ride. Yes, baby. Yeah. The combination of the Minnesota North Stars along with the Minnesota Wild designs is just eye-popping. And when you see those guys go out in the ice with that electric design, it's gorgeous. An absolutely gorgeous combo. Mm, just oh, that, makes me feel good inside. That is really what, like, when you looked at the concept of the reverse retro, I think that Minnesota did the best job having Oh, the, absolutely. Because their, their logo is really nice. Like, that the bear and the stars and the trees and like it's just such a cool like 2000s expansion logo and then they put the heritage colors on it that are beautiful colors um i would really like to see them green adopt- and gold is such yeah. a nice combo i would like to see them adopt that as a full-time jersey i mean that's oh, that, totally. that's better than that weird scarlet and gold or scarlet and fucking whatever they have yeah green. because the because the freaking like is it green or is it browns i'm partially colorblind so it's uh, <laughs> it's a it's, bit of both but it, yeah, it's but nowhere it's like near boring. as nice nowhere near as yeah, nice it, as our reverse retro it's a very yeah. nice jersey they, they killed it for sure uh, but once again though shout out to the sabers home jerseys like since they've gone back to uh okay you're not allowed to call it royal blue because there's only one royal blue thank you very much in the edmonton oilers but um the like which by the way would, would be my number one if the royal blue was a permanent fixture in Edmonton, but uh, they haven't worn it in two years, so not too happy with that. Soon, brother. soon, hopefully they'll come around. Um, the maybe the most anticipated award of this evening, uh, best makeup and hair. Oh my god, there's so many. There's 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 so many possibilities. So many possibilities. A, a lot of quality films were left off this list. Uh, but we believe that we've narrowed it down to the four most deserving nominees. I'm going to add one. Add one. This is the only one where we're going to have five nominees, ladies and gentlemen. The only category with five nominees because we just simply couldn't couldn't narrow it down any further. <laughs> and the nominees are from the Chicago Blackhawks, Patrick Kane's mullet. From the San Jose Sharks, Eric Carlson's 
beautiful flow, like a pirate, pirate hair. with mustache. From the Pittsburgh Penguins, Christopher Letang's wet lettuce. From the Tampa Bay Lightning, Victor Hedman and his six foot six uh, hair that makes him look like a Nordic warrior. And finally, from the Anaheim Ducks, Ryan Getzlaff. <laughs> There's no debate. <laughs> and the and the Oscar goes to Patrick Kane's mullet. Yeah, let's go, boys. That's a, a, unbelievable. We yeah we we need we need more Patrick Kane mullet. Patrick Kane, the fact that he gets the the speed stripes put in the side, elite. Absolutely. The steps. Next, yeah, absolutely <laughs> next level. Um, I would, yeah, honorable mention Jack Eichel has some nasty hair, but didn't even make oh the list. Oh my God. I <laughs> forgot about the Jack Eichel hair. <laughs> he looks like the Home Alone robber. Yeah. He looks insane. Like, especially there's like that one photo of him in like the penalty box and he has like his helmet off and he's like, looks fucking nuts. Deranged. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Jack Eichel. Uh, Save that man. But, Rescue that man. Yes. We, we, yeah, we, we, we love Patrick Kane's mullet. And, and finally, probably the most boring award. <laughs> the, uh, I, 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 we, we actually don't know how to pronounce uh, the name of the gentleman who gets the humanitarian award uh, at the Academy Awards. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're, we're going to pull an audible and name it after the Cecil B. DeMille Award, which is like the Legacy Award. Um, and the nominees are from the Boston Bruins, Zidane O'Chara. Oh fuck! From the Washington Capitals, Zidane O'Chara. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he just hit sixteen hundred games. Shout out Chara. And the second nominee from the San Jose Sharks, Patrick Marlowe, who just broke the record for most NHL games played. And there's really no point in naming off any more nominees because we all know who this is going to. The Oscar goes to Patrick, Patrick Marlowe. Exactly. He got a lot of shouts out on the on the pick of Palooza polls this week. Pretty insane the number of games that he's played, the longevity that, that he's had, um, the type of leader he is, the type of person he is. Um, so one more time, shouts out to Patrick Marlowe. Um, I got to. Did you see the picture of him outside of uh, T-Mobile Arena wearing his suit for the game, for the for the record game played? No, I did not. It looks like something that somebody from uh, a small town in Saskatchewan would buy when they go into the Southland Mall <laughs> to get a suit for like like a Ducks Unlimited dinner or something like that. Oh, no. It was just like ill-fitting, really basic and black, gonna, and he's wearing just a have... fucking weird pair of shoes with it. Look, and uh, they're going into the Diplomat that night? Oh, no, they're going to the Keg Steakhouse and Lounge. <laughs> they're going to Earl's. Yeah, no free ads. So, <laughs> shout out to Patrick Marlowe, but you'd think with the amount of money he's made and the amount of... Uh, fashion advice there is in silicon valley that somebody might have said hey brother get a new suit uh, but he didn't do that and i respect that because he's a cattle farmer from heart and uh yeah you know you love to see it android sketch and let's go and shout out those uh and shout out those nerds like actually negative shout out to those nerds that uh wanted to t well and by nerds i mean it was like two fucking shitty hockey or well shitty writers uh steve simmons and then some other 
African girl uh, who wanted to pick apart Patrick Marlowe's uh, record breaking. Uh, it's insane. Like the fact that he, and he's like an Iron Man too. I don't, I don't think he's missed a, he hasn't missed a game from injury in like since 08, 09. <laughs> like, he's free. He's a freak. What the hell? He's an absolute freak. Yeah, he's an absolute freak. But dude, you know who I really hope breaks this record? Oh. An, another Iron Man since 08, 09. I actually should have nominated him for for the for the makeup and hair award. Phil the Thrill. Oh, yeah. Phil Kessel is an Iron Man. He plays every yeah. game. He gets all of his strength from horse meat mixed into his <laughs> hot dogs. And and like and like the only practice he does is when he's fucking practicing a uh, 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 Texas Hold'em in his basement. <laughs> poker stars. <laughs> Phil Kessel is a poker star. <laughs> Phil Kessel's just playing Texas Hold'em on his phone on the plane. Fuck off. I'm trying to win a free trip to Vegas. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out Patrick Marlowe. Um, unbelievable milestone to hit. If anyone does not know, which you should probably, uh, he did break the most games played by outdone or outdoing Gordie Howe. Um, sorry, I don't have the number in front of me. I, I just completely forgot to. But hell of a career. Guy was drafted in '97, uh, second overall behind Joe or behind Jumbo Joe, Jumbo Joe Thornton, and uh, it's been it's it's great to see that he was able to reach this milestone on his original team, the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, greatest greatest Carolina Hurricane in history. Everybody's saying it. You heard it here first. And that concludes the 2021 One for One Academy Awards. Well, Nolan, we've got, we've got a big week of hockey coming up. Uh, Oilers got... Fucking Dewey. Fucking Dewey. Oh, my goodness. Oilers are playing the Winnipeg Jets Monday, April 26th. The Winnipeg Jets Wednesday, April 28th. The Calgary Flames April 29th. And the Calgary Flames Saturday, May 1st. I'm so excited for that Saturday, May 1st game. We say this every show, but big week coming up. Huge week coming up. This is this is like you can you can arguably clinch the playoffs this week. Yeah, like, if you can if you can take four, yeah, um, yeah, you're you're solidifying second roughly probably, uh, and at least at worst guaranteeing a playoff spot. So um, big week coming up. How do you think they're gonna do, No Whistle? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. How good? I'm feeling four and zero good. Ooh, I'm feeling three and one good. I think they're going to lose one the, to Winnipeg. I think they're going to lose one to Calgary. Maybe the back to back. I think the first one. Yeah, the back to back. And yeah. the only re- reason I say that is because uh, we're hearing it officially from uh, from Flamestown Kyle that the Flames are all in on pushing for a playoff spot. Oh, they're trying oh, to ugh. be they're trying to be stinky and get that fourth seed. Um, this is really going to be a big week for them as well to to prove that they're for real and that they're going to. Uh, try and come out pretty hard against the Oilers, and I think that they're going to steal that first one in that back-to-back. I don't want to agree with that. <laughs> but, no, yeah, that's that's a fair point. I think what's going to end up happening, though, this week, um, you have your new additions, and I think this team is pissed off. I think they're primed and ready 
to bring this one home. Connor McDavid looks like he's a man on a mission right now. Uh, though I think eventually what's going to happen is I do think that this supporting cast is going to kind of click into place a little bit. Maybe not get to the scoring from all four lines like we were expecting, but I think the Ryan McLeod addition is going to be huge. I think if you inject just a little bit more speed into this lineup that this could be uh, probably the the best group that the Oilers have had in I mean, it depends on how they finish off the season, man, but, like, this could be the best Oilers team we've had since, like, 06. Like, the 16-17 team was really good. Like, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, if you're able to get that, if you're able to get that, like, consistent sort of scoring all the way down and, like, the defensive core on this team, I kind of like better than that 16-17 team, despite the fact they had, like, Andre Sakara like, as an awesome defenseman that year. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to see what happens this week. Um, but like I said, I think they're going to come in and they're, they're going to be pissed off and they're going to be ready to go. Hey man, can't wait to see it. Uh, but if the stakes weren't already high enough with potential playoff implications for a number of teams involved this week, we're going to up the stakes even a little bit higher in our own league, uh, our pick a Palooza league, Nolan. So Saturday night's all right for fighting, get a little Bud Light in every Nickelback version only though. Nickelback version only. (laughs) So this weekend, Saturday, May 1st, every Battle of Alberta Shotgun Saturday. Yes, you heard it here. We are doing a Shotgun Saturday that you send to our Instagram. Gets you two free Palooza wins. Um, So if you can't pick your way to victory, you can drink your way to victory. Problematic, but it counts. So I want to see everybody out there gunning beers, best jerseys on, even if you're not an Oilers fan. What else are you going to do? Go out to a restaurant? Not going to do that. Go out to a house party? Hope you're not going to do that. Uh, so stay at home. Get a nice cold case of beers. Leave a couple of them out to get them nice and room temp so you can gun them without burping too much. Suck them back. Have your camera in your face. Send them to us. And let's have a little bit of fun together, everybody, on Saturday. Let's watch a good hockey game. Uh, hopefully there'll be lots of, of uh, chances for you to get free wins. And uh, hopefully you pile a few beers into you and respond to some DMs like they were sent to you privately. Uh, or some Instagram I, stories. Get drunk and respond to people's Instagram stories. That's a that's that's flirting in 2021. Uh, I, I'm so jacked up about this that I'm 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 as they say willing to risk it all for a fucking copyright strike. But let's get it. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get a big battle of Alberta in it. If that doesn't make you want to drink beers and run through a wall, I don't know what will. That is an electric tune. Uh, it's going to be an electric week. A lot of fun about to be had. Nolan, you got any big plans this week? Laying low, working? Yeah, month end. It's uh, the the name of the game when you work on a monthly basis. Let's but go. I'm yeah no, it's gonna it, it's it's gonna be a good week for hockey. Got. Eating better again, man. Got I'm on my I'm on like my third or fourth week of meal prepping again, full time. I've been feeling good about it. Um, getting into m- making making weird sh- making weird smoothies in the morning. Nice. Uh, I got a got a really disgusting one for tomorrow. So uh, we'll see how that goes, and we'll see how well I keep it up. But uh, no, a lot of good vibes going on right now, and uh, let's uh, let's bring it home at the Academy Awards this evening. Sounds like a plan, man. But hey, that wraps up episode 16 of One for One. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your support. Thanks for playing along with the Pickapalooza. If you're not already, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at One for One Pod on Twitter and at 
one underscore four underscore one pod on Instagram. Take it out, Miles. Thanks again for tuning in to episode 16 of One for One. This has been a great time. Look forward to a great week. And as always, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go!